All right, well, good morning. Um, I'm just going to let you guys know right off the jump that this is, uh, uh, it won't be a long sermon, uh, which I've noticed has been the trend here the past couple of weeks, probably because it's it's hard to stay focused when you're at home and you got lots of distractions that are around. Sorry about that, Richard, get me. When there's lots of distractions around, so this won't be a long one, but to be honest with you, I'll spend a lot more time saying this thing that I could probably say in a grand total of about five minutes, right? And so... Just kind of lay all of my cards on the table. We're going to talk just a little bit about how we see things, right? And I'll, I'll, I'll share a little bit about an, uh, from an uneducated perspective about an article that I read about eyes, and then we'll go from there. So the article I read was just, uh, as I was, as I was praying about how we see things, this article happened to be about how our eyes respond to the things that are going on around us and how, uh, in a couple of ways, our, uh, pupils will contract when we're in, when we're in light so that we don't receive too much light and then, and, and be blinded by it. In an opposite way, when we're in the dark, our pupils will actually expand searching for light. The other way, another thing that I I read was that your pupils actually reveal your intentions in a conversation. If you are interested in what the person that you're talking to uh, has to say, you'll be very receptive and therefore your pupils will be dilated. They'll be big. But if you're just looking, if you're a guy who's, or a person who's just looking for the opportunity to say the next thing that you want to say, your pupils will likely be contracted. I also read in there that your eyes are the one place that you can't fake being happy. If you are to pretend to be happy, you might put a smile on, but then the natural, apparently, crow's feet that comes out on the side of your eyes won't form if you're not really happy. The likelihood is. Or you get the burrowed frow, of course, if you're, if you're upset. And then it's also a response mechanism. So let's say that you encounter a rabid dog, right? Your pupils will actually dilate to take in as much information as possible around you so that you can use your fight or flight mechanism. So I thought that was really interesting. But what set all this off was, uh, as I was reading in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, says, the eye is the lamp of the body, and so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And so the whole message is going to be based off of that. Let's pray, and then we'll get into it. And so, Father God, thank you for the opportunity, Lord, just to be here and to share what you've given me. God, I pray that you would uh, put words in my mouth, Lord, that you would that you would begin to just give me the ability to articulate the the thoughts and the ideas that you put into my head, Lord. Open hearts, Lord, that they would be able to see clearly the things that you have to speak to them. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to use our imaginations just a little bit. Um, so imagine uh, if you will, as you're sitting at home and you got the lights on, storm comes about, all the power goes off. Now, initially, when you're in that place, 
everything's going to be pitch black because you just left the light, your pupils are dilated, and now all of a sudden everything is super dark. Now, as you're sitting there, your eyes will begin to adjust and it's searching for light and you'll begin to see outlines and forms of things that are around you. As you sit there, as you begin to see these things, you, you, you want to go to get the flashlight, right? And so as you, as you walk across the room, you begin to walk carefully. You only have the ability, of course, to see what's, or pay attention to what's directly in front of you. And all of your steps are taken carefully, right? Because you don't have any light to give you context for anything else that's around you. And even in your delicate steps, you are unable to avoid the Lego that your child left in the middle of the room, right? (laughs) But you don't cuss because you're a good Christian, right? And then as you're walking into the kitchen, you see the outline of the table that's sitting in there and... As you're walking towards it, your your hands out because you're feeling your way through things, right? Your your hands out, you're waiting for it, but it comes up a little faster than you thought, and you end up stubbing your toe on the table leg, right? And so, the Bible says that that's actually us without God. Uh, Job said that uh, life without God is like wandering in a pathless wasteland and groping in the darkness without light. And then in John, we find out that Christ is the light of the world, right? And so it's like that when we don't have Christ. Our life before Christ was literally, because we didn't have light to give us context for the situation that we were in, we literally had no ability to focus on anything except for what's right in front of us. And careful as we may be, we still ended up stepping on those Legos and stepping our toes on those, on those table legs, feeling around as we will. But then, just like Isaiah prophesied, those who are in darkness will see a great light, right? And so imagine now that, that the power came on, and for some people, like the, uh, the power being on, there was one light on the other side of the room that was on. And so we began to move toward that particular light. And like for some people that might have been, it might look like uh, somebody at work who, who knew Jesus, like spoke to you or shared the gospel with you in that way and it intrigued you and you began to walk in that direction. Or, or maybe you're just an overly curious person and, and, and you thought, man, there's got to be more. And so you began to investigate and you find yourself in the midst of a relationship with Jesus that way. And so it's this gradual, like your eyes are having time to adjust type of gradual moving toward the light, right? And for other people, it looked a little bit different, right? And uh, like life hits you like a ton of bricks. You had, you had loss, right? And, or you had financial despair or some sort of tragedy ended up pushing you in that direction and the light came on bright. Like you came straight out of darkness. The light came on bright and all you wanted to do was somebody to shut it off, right? It was, it was too much. 
So you're just like, shut it off, shut it off. You know, there's some people who have been treated so badly that, that the kindness that they see in a church and from God is, is like they can't handle it. They just want you to shut it off. But then they feel, but then you know that there's something, there's something good about it. And so you want to turn the light on. And for some people, that ends up being a cycle of life where they're constantly turning the light on and they're turning it back off. And, and life keeps, God keeps allowing life to point them toward Him. And yet it's just too much. Right? So we have both of those. And man, if you're that person that keeps walking away, Right, If you're that person where the light keeps getting switched on, but I would just encourage you, just leave the light on. It's worth it, right? But here we are. The light came on for us. In one way or another, the light came on for us. And, and, um, and David, in one, Psalm 119.18, was asking God, we're like David in this respect, asking God to open our eyes to see the wonderful truths in his uh, instructions. So, like, we've realized now that, that life's more than about us. We're not solely looking at the path directly in front of us, but we can see like other things at this point. Like this, the world's bigger than we thought it was to begin with, but we don't know how to put all that information together. So we're just asking God, like, help me make sense of the things that are going on around me. And so I think that started, I know for me, it definitely started with like, how, how do we look at, how do we look at God now? That's, that's the first thing that we gotta, we gotta look at before God would have been like this idea uh, that we would consider or this unfeeling or even angry uh, spirit or definitely somebody who was maybe too big to care about our stuff. And then, and then as we begin to read the Bible, as we begin to spend a relation, or start a relationship with the Lord, we realize that he's, he's none of those things. He's... He's a kind and he's a loving father and he, he's, he, he knows me intimately and he's good to be served, right? And we get, we can get excited about that. But then it also leads us into like changing the way we feel about, uh, our government, you know, um, before we were saved, you know, we, we definitely looked at a, at the government as a place that was either for or against us in that respect or, uh, or, or random women, men and women that we either liked or we didn't like getting into office. But in a relationship with the Lord, we find that the, the Bible tells us that they were people that are placed there by Him in search, in need of Him, and in need of our prayers, right? And so that looks a little bit different. Marriage, uh, a lot of people... Yeah, I, I, I was thinking of um, uh, a Jerry, uh, a movie called Jerry Maguire, where Tom Cruise says, "You complete me," right? And some people get married in a way that they're looking for a person to fill them out, right? And how many of you guys know, like that is a platform that nobody can stand on. And then there's other people who will devalue marriage to a place where it's simply a tax credit. And that, that literally happens as well. But as we get to, 
into our relationship with the Lord, we actually realize that our marriage is a reflection of God's pursuit of us. A man's pursuit of a woman is a reflection of God's pursuit of man. And so that's why marriage has to be you know, between one man and one woman, because when we see man pursuing man, it's a picture of God pursuing himself void of man and vice versa. And, and likewise, um, a woman pursuing another woman is actually man pursuing himself void of God. And it's a, it's a thing that's in our brain that we can't really shut off. Right. And so. And so we learn those things as we're in a relationship with the Lord. We even learn how to see our kids differently. We learned uh, we learned that, that, you know, we have some people that uh, that devalue our children to a choice. And some people that elevate their children to a status that they should not be elevated in when rightly they are a gift from God that we're to train up in the ways of the Lord. That So that's exciting too. And we even learn a little bit about ourselves. We learn that we're not the God of our own universe. <laughs> and yet we're not insignificant, right? We humbly see ourselves as small in a big universe and yet children of God which is fantastic. It's important that especially as Christians that we see things the way that the way that God wants us to see them. And just like you can't fake happy with your eyes, right? You can't fake a relationship with the Lord. Your actions will give you away. And the way we just as I was talking about with the marriage thing, the way we, um, the way we react, the way we put into action the things that we know will, will, will affect the way we think about our relationship with God and how he interacts with us. And so we have to be careful about that. But then also, the Bible says that we're, we're to be a light so that those who don't see, see. And when we don't do things the way we're supposed to be doing, we actually become the Lego. <laughs> we actually become the Lego, and so have to do things the right way. And we have to remember that our life is an ongoing pursuit that involves being willing to uh, think differently and yet willing to be corrected and realizing we have a part of this picture, but we're always searching for the rest of the picture because the Bible says in the last days, God will send this great delusion, right? And here's, this is, all of this stuff, like it's a different way of seeing something that we already know, right? But here's the, here's the warning part. God's going to send a great delusion so that they may believe that which is false. And the question is, who may believe what, that which is false? Those who don't love the truth. When we feel like we've already got it and we stop our pursuit, we actually become like those blind guides, right? So a lot of people would say, I have a relationship with the Lord and that I can't be deceived, right? Um, but I would point out that the, that the letters are actually written to people in the church. And so we have to 
be in um, in pursuit of that truth, constantly in pursuit of that truth. And the um, as I was sitting there and I was thinking about this great delusion, right? The the uh, thing that came to mind in this was uh, several years ago there was a this debate about this black and blue dress or was it gold and white, right? And people on both sides, and and it was huge, right? And uh, people on both sides were just knew, as a matter of fact, that they were right. There was no doubt in their mind that they were right. At the end of the day, the truth was that it was a black and blue dress. And uh, as I was reading this article on it, said it was a a uh, washed what is it called a uh, a washed out color photo, which apparently is a I'm uneducated in this area too a um, a picture taken without a flash in dim light. Okay, and something about the way the picture was taken and the way your mind perceived colors allowed some people to see it as gold and white and some people to see it as black and blue. Now, there were, of course, like I said, wild debates about this, but, he, but in the midst of those debates, there would be some people who would, who would stop, the debate, stop debating about it and just say, okay, well, you see it the way you see it, and I see it the way I see it, which was true, and yet there was a truth. Right, and no amount of arguing, no amount of debate would settle that. You couldn't because your eyes saw it a certain way, and the Bible says in the last days it'll be like that. The things that are going on around us, if they're seen through the lens of Jesus Christ, they'll be seen rightly, but you won't be able to have a conversation with somebody who doesn't because they actually are seeing what they're seeing. It's just not the truth. And so those who see things according to their own reason will be deceived and you won't be able to reason with them. All right, so the next verse after Matthew 6.22, the next verse is, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Then the light in you is darkness. How great is that darkness? And just as I was go as as this is kind of flowing together and I'm I'm imagining this dress thing, I'm just like, man, that makes perfect sense there, doesn't it? Now, in the beginning, we talked about the natural eyes and how the pupil will expand to search for light and then contract to use that information, right? And there's a time for Christians to be able to to be receptive, and there's a time to use that information, right? And the time for us to be receptive is in our prayer time with the Lord, in our reading of the word, in our conversations with one another. That's a time to be receptive. And, and, and then there's the time to use that information. And that's when, we, that's when we leave those spots, right? We take the information that we've been given and then we use that information. And the one thing that I that that just kind of pressed upon me as I was as I was uh, as I was kind of wrapping this whole thing up is, you know, in the same way that we couldn't have the debate, we couldn't get into the arguments with people who saw the golden white dress. Like, 
Like, we can't get into those arguments. We can't get into those debates, especially when we're talking about, like, social media. If we're going to be getting into uh, any sort of conversation about, about why somebody sees things the wrong way, it isn't because our reason is any better than their reason, but because we've seen it through the right light. And so our, all of our conversations would be like, should be in a way that sees eye to eye, like, man, I get you, and it's, it's confusing, and things are crazy right now, but you can, if you saw them, like, if you believe that there is a creator, right, and, and you knew that he had control of everything, you could see these things a little bit differently. But basically, to walk alongside them and to get to that point, so... That was something that was definitely uh, upon me. Uh, Listen, we're going to pray, and then uh, we'll uh, let the worship team lead us out. So, Father God, thank you for the opportunity, Lord, um, Lord, to to see things the the way you want us to see them, God. And I just I just pray that um, that as we as we as we have conversations with those who are outside of our faith, God, that 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 all of the boasting, like that we see things the right way would be thrown out the window and rather Lord we would we would have a heart just to point them toward you that they may have a relationship with you that they may be able to see things uh, the, the right way God and I just pray that you would continue leading continue guiding us God that we don't become complacent in the way we think about things now but we would continue to pursue you and pursue the, the right way to see things or keep our eyes open don't let them be shut Lord and if we if we uh, if we get lazy, Lord, just um, I pray that you would you would prod us, <laughs> get us back into action, Lord. And we pray that at the end of the day, God, I just pray that you would be super pleased with all of us, uh, Lord. That we I, we would have a heart to be pleasing to you in Jesus' name.
one step in front of the other, that the Lord would begin to show you bigger things. And, and so if you're that person, I'll just, I just want to pray right now with you, Father God. Um, Lord, I just pray for that person who doesn't know you right now, Lord, that you would be working and moving inside of their heart, Lord, that, 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 that even right now, that they would be able to, that they would know that they could ask for a relationship with you and that you would be there with them. Pray that you would encourage all of those saints, Lord, that are out there, that are that are praying and working, 